today and you walked into church today and you probably thought, why is the stage decorated like a spaceship? What's going on? It's VBS week. And this week, uh, we're going to have hundreds come to our church and uh, dozens serving at our church. And the big idea, the big theme is galactic starveyors. I don't know what a galactic starveyor is, but I can't wait to find out. And uh, we've had a tradition the last couple years at FCC on the Sunday of VBS week. We take the sermon slot and we give you a preview of what's going to take place this week. And your, your typical standard sermon outline is different today than it normally is. So go ahead and grab that. And it's kind of an overview of the week. There's no fill in the blank, so you're not missing anything. But I'm giving you this and sharing this message so that you will be in tune with what's happening this week, those of you that are not serving at FCC. Now, I have a special request for all of you. I would love for you, when you wake up in the morning, or if you pray at night before you go to bed, to take time and to specifically pray over the different themes we're going to talk about today. So on Monday, I want you to pray over what we're going to be teaching about on Monday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, Friday, the whole week. Um, we are really hoping to connect with uh, children and teens like we never have before. I'm praying for life transformation this week. But we are a church that has a lot happening, which is a good thing. So I need to share about 15 announcements with you before I get to the message this morning. The first is easy blood pressure checks are today following the service. Take advantage of this great opportunity. Saturday, mobile food pantry at the cable building. Need a lot of help need you to plug in and help us out if you are able to this Saturday, June 10 at the Cable Building. We need help from 9 to noon. Food will be distributed from 10 to 11.30. We're doing another men's mission trip. We did one last summer. We're following that up this summer to Casas to work with Scott DeWitt. Scott DeWitt will be with us all week. He's our VBS missionary. And this Thursday in the foyer, the nice new couches and chairs, if you are a man and you have a passport and you want to work, uh, we have a trip for you in August. Come on out at eight at 7 p.m. on the 8th this Thursday to learn more about the men's mission trip. Elder recommendation forms are available at the Welcome Center. Grab one if you want to recommend someone. They're due tomorrow in the office at 4 p.m. A couple things are happening on Saturday, June 17. The Vault will be hosting a special event. It's a dinner and an auction. You can get tickets for that in the foyer. The Vault is one of the really cool things that's happening in our community, for our community, by our community. And you have a great opportunity to support that. And they have a table set up. You can get more information about that. Also on Saturday the 17th is the Kingdom Classic 5K at Little Galilee to support COPE and the great work of Barb O'Donohue. Um, I want to throw a shout out to Josh Turney. Josh Turney is part of the COPE board. He helped us yesterday with our rescheduled 5K out at Little Galilee, and he's running the show on the 17th. And uh, come on out and run the very easy Little Galilee course. I say that in, in a joking kind of way because many people were mentioning cardiac hill yesterday as part of the 5k 
but it is a blast and it's a great cause. That is Saturday the 17th and of course the VBS this week. One last announcement and I promise I'm done with the announcements. We support a Christian nursing home in Lincoln called the Christian Village and we have for decades and we have people that go over and serve and bless the residents there. Some longtime FCC members have lived their last years at the Christian Village and they are doing an auxiliary dues drive. Next week they're asking people if you want to to pay $2 dues, and it makes a huge difference. I paid $2 today for myself and $2 for my wife, Goldie Hedrick, is uh, heading that up. And she says, we never get very many people at second service, so there's your challenge. Check it out next week. VBS 2017, Galactic Starveyors. And if I were to try to give you a motto of what we're trying to teach the children this week, here's the motto. Searching the visible, discovering the invisible. Searching the visible, discovering the invisible. And, and that theme and kind of the whole week is really based on an idea that the Apostle Paul unpacks and unfolds in the book of Colossians chapter 1. And I could do the whole uh, chapter 1. I'm not going to. I'm going to give you two verses that are kind of the theme verses for the week. It's verses 15 and 16. Here's what it says. He, meaning Jesus, is the image of the invisible God the firstborn over all creation. For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. And so this week, if there's one word that we want to give to the week, it's Jesus. We want children, whether they're kindergartners or preschoolers or older grade schoolers or even some of the junior hires and senior hires that are plugging in and helping, even the adults that are going to be with us this week, we want to remind them that ultimately it's really all about Jesus. And so I'm going to give you the daily theme and kind of a brief explanation of that theme. And again, you've got your little outline here that can guide you not just during this message but through the whole week as you pray over our week. Tomorrow, uh, Monday, is going to begin with the idea that the relationship began. And that, of course, is uh, teaching us about creation. And we're going to spend time looking at Genesis chapters 1 and 2, but we're also going to spend time in John chapter 1 and try to connect the dots for the youngsters in terms of Jesus and how does Jesus play into this. Now, I don't want to go off track too much, but, but I do want to throw this out here that a lot of times... Um, when it comes to creation, we get the idea that science and faith are kind of at odds and they're fighting each other. And if, if I'm a student of science, I can't be a person of faith. And I'm really wanting to blow up that myth because that is a myth. That's absolutely a myth. And uh, I'm excited that we are teaching creation. That we're going to look at Genesis chapters 1 and 2 and the blessing of creation. Now we're going to land also in John chapter 1. John 1 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Speaking of Jesus. And look at verse 14 of John chapter 1. The Word became flesh. That's a Christmas verse. And made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. 
We probably won't get too in-depth on the whole grace and truth thing, more than likely, but I would just throw this out as a challenge for us, especially if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. That, that's a challenging balance to weigh, that balance between grace and truth. How am I a person of grace and absolutely a person of truth? Too many followers of Jesus are all about the grace or they're all about the truth. And it says here in John 1.14 that Jesus came full of both. He radiated grace and radiated truth. And that's, um, that's the challenge that, that we live in in our modern world, in our modern culture. So day one, the relationship began, creation in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And if I were to give you kind of a, a one-word description of what Monday's going to be all about, what creation is all about, what God's original plan is all about, it's the word utopia. Just an ideal dwelling, there's no sin, there's no separation, everything's great, utopia. But we can't stay in utopia because day two details kind of the, the sad reality of sin. The relationship is broken. The brokenness of the relationship is our Tuesday theme. And it's all about sin and it's all about how sin came into the world. We're going to be spending a lot of time in Genesis chapter 3 on Tuesday. The relationship broken. And in Genesis chapter 3, you've got Adam and you've got Eve and you've got the serpent and you've got the fruit and you've got the beginning of a different life, a life that's not utopia. The relationship is broken. And so when we talk about sin, we don't get excited about that. When we talk about sin, we don't jump up for joy. But sin's a reality for Adam and Eve life's going to change forever. But here's the thing, my friends, sin's a reality for you and me. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we're going to be imparting on these youngsters as they gather together and uh, they have fun singing and they have fun with their crafts and they have fun with their snacks and everything that's going to happen. That Sin really is a big deal. Sin really is an issue. And it's not an issue for some people. It's not an issue for most people. It's an issue for everyone. And so maybe you're here today and you're just here because someone said you have to come to church and you didn't know what to expect and VBS message, does this have anything for me? It does have something for all of us. We're all sinners. We've all missed the mark. We all need a Savior. Sin is no fun. Sin brings separation. And ultimately, Romans 6 teaches us that sin that is not dealt with leads to death, a spiritual death. So day two, the relationship broken. Day three of VBS, going to be an exciting day, the restoration that's promised. There's hope in the future. We've got the relationship being established, and we've got the relationship broken on a day three. We're going to look at that idea of the restoration that is promised. You know, almost from the beginning of the fall, if you were to read through the Old Testament and, and grab Genesis and Exodus, and then you get into the history books, and you get into the prophets, you see this longing for a Savior. You see this longing for salvation. And time and time again, the prophets point to 
a Savior who will come, a Messiah who will come, a Christ who will come. And usually, not always, but usually it's in the midst of really discouraging times. It's in the midst of really dark times. In Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, we see this hope. And again, we attach this verse with Christmas as well. But in Isaiah 7, chapter 14, it says, Therefore the Lord will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. And so Wednesday is going to be kind of a Christmas kind of day at VBS this week. As we talk about the centuries of longing and yearning, and some of the hymns talk about pining for a Savior, and how when Jesus came along, that hope was realized. And so we'll look at Matthew chapter 1, where, where Joseph has given that incredible promise that you will give your son the name Jesus. Why, why do you give him the name Jesus? Because he will save his people from their sins. And so on Wednesday, when the children go home, when the teens go home, when the adults go home, this idea of hope, it's becoming a reality. This, this idea of hope is finally able to be visualized. Day four, VBS on Thursday. We're going to talk about how this, this relationship that started, that was so beautiful, the utopia of creation that was broken when sin came into the world and the hope that was longed for for centuries. Day four, the relationship is finally restored. Hope is finally realized, and the hope is realized in Jesus. Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man. A little bit later during communion, I'm going to read for you um, a chunk of scripture from our daily Bible reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It's the resurrection chapter. And at the beginning of the resurrection chapter, you have this idea that Paul is teaching the Christians at Corinth what's most important, what's of first importance. And what's of first importance is that Jesus Christ died on the cross and that he was buried, and on the third day, he was raised from the dead, according to the scriptures. And so Thursday of VBS, it's all about hope realized through Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. I want to read a pretty significant chunk of scripture right now that drives home this idea of what is of first importance. Um, for many of you, you've heard it. For many of you, you know it, but we can't hear it enough. What really matters, what's of first importance. Mark chapter 15. It says that they brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was the third hour when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him was read, the king of the Jews. They crucified two robbers with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, so you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourselves. 
You know, in the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Christ, this King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. At the sixth hour, darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, listen, he's calling Elijah. One man ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a stick and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud voice, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus heard his cry and saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the Son of God. Some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, the younger, and of Joses, and Salome. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. Now it was preparation day, that is, the day before the Sabbath. So as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him if Jesus had already died. When he learned from the centurion that it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. So Joseph bought some linen cloth, took the body down, wrapped it in linen, and placed it in a tomb cut out of the rock. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. And there it is. Day four, Thursday, is going to be all about what really matters, what's of first importance, that Jesus Christ died on the cross, he was buried in the tomb, and on the third day, he was raised to life. Now, you're probably thinking, are you only doing a four-day VBS? Is there anything? Isn't that the end of the story? And the answer is no. Day five, I'm so glad they have this uh, as a part of the curriculum. Day five is this, the relationship continues. For far too many Christ followers, they think once they come out of the waters of the baptism, they've done everything they need to do. I make a decision for Jesus, and I'm all done. 
And nothing could be further from the truth. You're not all done. You're just beginning. Your new life is just beginning. That's why Jesus shared in John 10 one of the most misused verses of Scripture in the entire Bible. Jesus said, I've come to bring you life and life to the full, the abundant life. He's not talking about a mansion. He's not talking about a Rolls Royce. He's not talking about you'll never get sick. He's talking about life with him is infinitely better than life without him. The full, abundant life happens when we truly sell out to Jesus in relationship. And so the big ideas on Friday can be all about grace and hope and how grace and hope reign. And we're going to look at one of my favorite Jesus encounters with one of his disciples in the Bible. And it's in John chapter 21. Flip over there real quickly if you want to. And just to give you some context for this, the disciples, the highlights of their spiritual lives were not Passion Week. It wasn't during the, the death, burial, and, and resurrection of Jesus. It, it was kind of dark moments for them. And if you were to try to grade them when it came to a report card on how they handled Jesus being arrested and beaten and sentenced and crucified, and even the, the time following that, you probably wouldn't give them an A you probably wouldn't give them a C. I mean, it was, it was dark times for them. We read about Joseph of Arimathea, and we read about the Marys and all the women that are caring for him. You know where the disciples are? What are they doing? They're hiding. They're afraid. They're scared. These are awesome men who literally gave it all when Jesus called them to follow after him. And at the time that they should have shined like stars for Jesus the most, they failed. I mean, failure really is the word that I would use. But Jesus rose again, and they encountered Jesus again. And in John chapter 21, they have this miraculous catch of fish, and then they get to eat breakfast with Jesus on the beach. By the way, how cool would that be to eat breakfast with Jesus on the beach? That'd be pretty cool. But it's after that that Peter, who failed more than any of them, he denied Jesus three times, that Peter and Jesus have their relationship restored. I want to just read for you real quickly three verses. John chapter 21, beginning with verse 15. It says, When they finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Is he talking about the fish? Maybe. Is he talking about the world? Maybe. I don't know. But he's saying, do you love me more than anything that's out here? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? Yes, he answered, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. And then he goes on to give him some further encouragement. Why did Jesus ask Peter the same question three times? Well, you might be sitting there thinking, it's because Peter denied him three times. And it's the whole play on three. And if that's your answer, you're not wrong, okay? You're not wrong with that answer. But when you really get into the Greek, and I don't know if we'll really be getting into the Greek on Friday or not, but we're going to get into the Greek right now, you see a more full picture of what's playing out. 
In the Greek language, there's three words for our word love in America. I love my wife. I love pizza. I love cycling. I love baseball. Hopefully, I don't love my, lo- my wife like I love pizza, right? I mean, hopefully there's a difference between the kind of love that we have there. The word agape is the truest form of the word love. It's an unconditional love. It's the greatest form of love. There's another word that's thrown out a lot in the Bible, and it's the word phileo. Think Philadelphia. Brotherly love. We're pals. We're going to go cycling. We're going to go fishing. We're going to go build a house in Mexico. Something along those lines. And so in this encounter, Peter and Jesus here, Jesus says to Peter, do you agape me? Do you unconditionally love me? And Peter says, you got it. I phileo you. I love you like a brother. And so a second time, Jesus says to Peter, do you agape me? Do you unconditionally love me? And Peter says, you got it. I phileo you. I love you like a brother. And the third time, the text says, the Greek says, that Jesus said to Peter, do you even phileo me? And Peter's hurt. And I believe, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I believe that this is the moment in time when Peter really gets it. Man, that light bulb is illuminated, and he figures out, this is what I've got to do. This is what I'm called to do. Because when you flip over to John chapter 22, flip over to John chapter 22. Wait a minute, there is no John chapter 22, right? So you have to go to the next chapter, which is what? Acts chapter 1, and you see a different Peter. You see a man on mission. You see a man making a difference. The man that was so scared following the crucifixion, he was hiding behind locked doors, is going to look the leaders of the Sanhedrin, the most powerful religious leaders in the day, he's going to say, I don't care what you do to me. We're not going to stop talking about Jesus. We're obeying God, not man. And it's this encounter right here where Peter finally gets it, in my humble opinion. And we want to leave the children with the incredible, incredible goal of following Jesus with passion, with priority, with purpose in their lives. And so the cool thing about this curriculum that I really like is they have a bottom line for the week. So it just kind of fit perfect with where we're going to go today. And here's their bottom line, and it's your bottom line for the day. God planned for Jesus to be the Savior from the beginning of time and sent Jesus to earth at the most perfect time. So this week, will you pray for us? Will you pray for the children? We'll have children that come to VBS this week that they've never heard about Jesus in depth. They've never heard about creation in depth. Uh, They don't really know the significance of a cross. And they certainly don't know what unconditional love is really all about. Will you pray for us this week and pray that this week is a life changing encounter for hundreds of young people. Let's pray. God, thanks for today, for the chance to be here and to worship. Most importantly, we thank you for Jesus, your son, and for the hope that he brings us. God, we love you so much. You are so good to us, and may we never, ever grow tired or weary uh, of being your ambassadors, of being salt, of being light, of making a difference in your name. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.